I'm McKinney Smith. In 2009, while going through a divorce, I decided to jump straight into entrepreneurship. In 2012, I lost my sister and asked myself, what legacy do I want to leave behind? Since then, I've become a serial entrepreneur, helping other women publish their books, produce their podcasts, and reach their big goals to walk in their greatness. I realized the importance of sharing our stories of resilience and how it can be another's guide to walk in a manner worthy of their calling. We are blessed to be a blessing. So get ready to be blessed with an inspiring testimony. Hey, Legacy Leavers, thank you for joining us on the Awaken My Stilettos podcast, the top 1.5% most popular show in the world where we have conversations with amazing women that are letting us step into their shoes. I help women to own their voice so they can create impact, prosperity, and legacy. Today, I'm sharing a conversation that I had with Jessie Shureleff. She interviewed me on her podcast called This Is My Truth, and I thought you would find value in this conversation. Bikini, I am so, so excited to have this conversation. Um, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a it's an honor, and I, I love what you're doing with allowing women to share their stories because it's something I definitely resonate with. Yes, yes. I know we were talking about that before we hit record. I just think there's something so special and almost sacred in a way it, to be able to to share your story and and allow others to, to hear it. And I know for me, it's been really empowering. I don't know if that's, that's one of the yeah. words that I would use. Yeah. Um, so I love, I love what you're doing as well. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, this could just be like a love, a love fest, but um, <laughs> let's, let's, let's jump in. Um, I could go on and on, but um, I like to start the conversation with the, the question, what is the truth that you would like to share today? Wow. What is the truth that I would like to share today? The truth that I would like to share today is that our stories are based on our own perspective and our own understanding based on our upbringings and our beliefs and our environments. Oh, I love that so much. (laughs) Tell me more. So, you know, there's that saying that there's, you know, or three sides to the truth you know, mm-hmm. yours, theirs, and and whatever else. And I was listening to, I don't remember if it was a podcast or an audiobook. I, I listened to so many in, in a week, but it was really breaking down how as children, when our minds are being formed, you know, our formative years, what, what we see and how we are treated by our caregivers and the environments that we grow up in, based on those cues that we learn, it forms how we process things as adults, you know, for one kid, someone staring at them or making eye contact with them could make them feel loved and admired. But for another kid who experienced, you know, beatings growing up or whatever, that stare could make them feel scared and threatened. So that person then struggles with eye contact. So when we look at our experiences in life and how we process things, you and I as adults could be in the same room and experience the exact same thing and have completely different truths come from that. So I don't ever argue with someone else's truth. That is their truth and it's for them to own. And I can listen and do my best to understand, but I don't, I don't argue with anyone about their beliefs because that's their truth that belongs to them. I don't have that right to do that. And I don't believe anyone has the right to tell anyone else how they should feel about their truth. I have goosebumps. 
all, all <laughs> over. Oh my gosh. There's so much I resonate in, in, in what you're saying in that. And I think if I'm being really honest with myself, it took me a really long time to understand that. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I'm curious, like I, I have my own journey sort of wrapping my head around that, but I'm, I'm curious what that's looked like for you. So for me, and I'm going to say more so in the last two years that I'm coming to a deeper understanding of that, where, you know, before I may have looked at how someone else treated me and, you know, been upset and thought about, you know, like, what is wrong with that person? Like, why would they do that? Or how could they think like that? Or how could they do that? It's now coming from a place of what did that person experience what happened to that person or what thought process is that person going through to feel like what they are doing is okay. And I went through a really tough breakup a couple years ago. And I feel like this is probably the longest I've ever taken to heal from a a breakup, but in my healing process, dealing with, you know, therapy and healing sessions, coming to the understanding that there are certain personality types that, they don't have the ability to feel empathy. So when we look at someone's behavior and be like, oh my God, how could they do that? Or how could they even do that to me? Well, because of their childhood trauma, there's a part of their brain that wasn't fully developed and they are unable to feel empathy. They lack that ability. So for me as an empath, how I may perceive something or feel something is completely different from how that person would. So it helped me heal through the breakup and it allowed me to be, I don't want to say understanding of what they did because it still hurt, but I was able to remove myself from that because it's like, it's not about me because they could have had that relationship or that breakup happen with any other person on the planet and they probably would have dealt with it the same. So it's not personal towards me. So I was able to, I'm going to say, come out of my broken place (laughs) And start to actually study characteristic traits and study, um, you know, common personalities and behavioral cycles of people with narcissistic personality disorder. Because I not only realized that I have had multiple relationships with that personality type, but it's like, well, why? Why? What was happening within me? And then digging deeper to realize, well, when you are raised in an environment where your caregivers you you're almost taught that your feelings are not important you know not necessarily even intentionally by that person but whatever trauma they were dealing with they didn't have the emotional capacity to make you feel nurtured and loved so then you grow up being a people pleaser you grow up you know not knowing your boundaries and not putting yourself first and those are the things that people with narcissistic personality disorder you know they look for people like that because you're naturally nurturing, which feeds their need. And then it's hurtful. But once you learn to strengthen your boundaries and to put self-care first and to put um, self-love coping mechanisms in place, then you almost, how do I say this? It's not that you don't attract them anymore, but it's almost like when someone starts to take advantage of you or cross a boundary, you now feel comfortable in standing up for yourself. Whereas before your paradigm and your programming of what was okay, or, you know, feeling like you didn't have permission to say no or certain things, you now understand that you are a person of value. 
and you are allowed to say no. It is okay to tell people what you don't like. It's okay to communicate what makes you unhappy. Like all of those things before where you thought, oh, I don't want to make that person upset or I don't want to, you know, we were always putting other people first. So it's definitely been a healing process. <laughs> well, first of all, thank you for sharing. And what was coming up for me when you were talking was, you know, through your journey, like standing in your truth and being unapologetic. Oh, I can't talk. Uh, unapologetic. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> it's been a night. Um, unapologetic in that truth. And I'm curious, does that resonate with you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think I've been so unapologetic about my truth and owning my boundaries that, you know, some people may actually get offended because people may have been used to pushing that boundary with me where now I'm like, no, I'm not okay with this. Or, you know, I don't openly give people access to me as much as I used to before because I'm prioritizing self-care. And for someone else, their truth of the situation, they may feel like, oh, well, she's pushing me away or she's not taking my calls or whatever they may be taking it as. But my truth is I'm healing. So in order for me to do so, I cannot allow the negative energy and the toxic um, paradigms of other people to impress on me their feelings and their beliefs as I'm trying to process my healing. So I am going to set a boundary and my phone will stay on do not disturb and I won't take every single call that comes through. And, you know, I'm allowing myself that time to put me first and to focus on what feels good and to understand that I do deserve to feel loved and I do deserve to feel joy. And I don't have to feel guilty about that because it upsets someone else. I love that. I love, (laughs) I love that so much. And it's taking me back to, you know, two and a half years ago and I sort of started my own journey in understanding who I was again mm-hmm. and also unpacking a lot of things that had happened to me in my life and and learning to to stand in my own truth. And I remember the first time someone said the word boundary to me, I was like, I don't, I literally don't understand what you mean. Like, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And so this may seem like a silly question, but I think that for women in particular, like they struggle with, with boundaries and with even understanding what a boundary is. So I'm, I'm curious if you're comfortable, can you just share an example of like a boundary that you have? Yeah, sure. I'm, I mean, even when you talk about with, with women, we've been taught to be a certain way. We've been programmed to be a certain way. You know, don't be too loud or don't be too this or don't be too that. We've been given all of these rules and restrictions of how we should be. And if you ask me, it comes from a male perspective. So sometimes there are people who are making the rules, but they're making the rules for their advantage. So for me, when it comes, <laughs> so for me, yes. when it comes to boundaries, <laughs> it's almost like a personal wall that I put up. And sometimes, you know, when people have a problem with my boundaries, it lets me know that they may be the reason why I need them. For example, I have a parent that is very, so, okay. I'll just be honest and say it like it is. So basically because I, I attract narcissistic men because I had a narcissistic parent and that parent 
even at my age at 41 years old, still expects me to do as they say, when they say, how they say. And when I say no, it is like, well, what do you mean no? So I used to be the parent pleaser who turned into the people pleaser, who turned into, you know, the wife pleaser, the girl, like the husband pleaser, whatever you want to call it. So now that I say no, I have to be okay with that. My parent being upset with me. And I used to feel really bad because it's like, I, I don't know. You know, there was like this whole shame and guilt about not going out of my way, you know, for my parent because I've done it for so long. But now I barely see that parent, but I have chosen to love that parent from afar. So I've set boundaries in a sense where, I mean, COVID has given me pretty good excuses to say, well, I can't, <laughs> I can't see you. <laughs> but, but setting really strict boundaries of, you know, not allowing her demands to fall on me, you know, and, and in this day and age of social media, especially because I'm sharing so much of my truth on social media um, and in my stories and on my Instagram, you know, getting the phone call of wanting to know what's happening in my household and demanding certain information. It's like, well, I'm 41 years old and I'm pretty sure for the past 23 years I've been raising my children. I don't need you and your ways impressed on what is happening in my household. So thank you, but no thank you. So being able to say that for me was very hard at first, but now coming into a place of, you know, our parents, they're programmed based on how they grew up, what they were raised in, which was a very different time. So I get that. So it's, you know, there was never be any, any hate or anything like that. It's understanding what happened to them, why they do the things they do or think the way that they think. But knowing now with all of the information and technology and, um, years of studies and how the brain works and psychology and childhood trauma and all those things, I am doing my best to unprogram or reprogram and unlearn what I learned growing up so that I can raise healthier people because I don't want my children to relive any of the experience that, I, that I've uh, lived. So I'm I'm probably way more open and honest with them than my parents ever were with me. You know, growing up, everything was covered up and under the rug and I never saw my parents cry or show emotion or stress. Uh, no, uh, like, <laughs> and then I'm right know. there with you. <laughs> right. So, you know, I, I did that for a while where my kids didn't see me cry. They didn't, you know, I was stressed to be damned when I became a single mom and there was so much that they didn't see. And then they almost had this perception that, well, she must be superwoman. And I had to, realize, especially with everything that I've been studying and understanding of, you know, how humans work, they need to see certain things. They need to understand certain things and they're not babies anymore. You know, so me hiding my true feelings or, you know, some of the things that I'm going through from them wasn't helping them. It was actually hurting my relationship with them. So we're, you know, a pretty open bunch and inside of our household, like, Sometimes they share things that other parents are like, oh my goodness, like, how do you get your kids to talk to you and say things like that? But we've built that level of comfort and trust with each other. And I didn't have that growing up. So I think, you know, when it comes to setting boundaries, especially with a parent, you know, it can feel uncomfortable. They raised us, you know, they give us the impression that we owe them our life. <laughs> but if there's anything that I've learned from, you know, having 
friends who are psychotherapists and all those things in the industry, like sometimes we have to remove the title and look at the behavior. And I'm sure every single one of us can relate where there's, there may be a toxic family member, whether it be an aunt or an uncle or a cousin or somebody, but everyone just says, well, that's how they are. Or, you know, that's your aunt just, you know, and then you're forced to be around that person. And no, it's not okay. If that person was a stranger on the street and they didn't have that title, we wouldn't address them the same way. So we have to look at how that actually impacts us and stop enabling their toxic behavior. Because if you're communicating a boundary and they're still breaking that, then you can remove yourself from their presence, from interacting with them. I love that advice of removing the title. I think that's so important. And sometimes like the labeling of people gets so, you get so caught up in that, right? Like employer or parent or, you know, childhood mm-hmm. friend, like whatever it is, right? Like you put people on a pedestal intentionally or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I absolutely love that. There's, there's, there's so much that has come up for me as you, as you're talking. One, I love, this is my words, not yours, but I love, I love your, you're breaking generational patterns, right? Like mm-hmm. the acknowledgement and the, you know, I don't, I don't know what your, your why is, but like, that's one of my big whys. Like when you were saying that you grew up in a household with, with no emotions. Like I grew up in a large Italian, Irish Catholic. So like lots of guilt, lots of, Mm -hmm. you don't talk about things, um, like ever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. and I grew up in a shell, like, and I think of myself, like that's, you know, I, I went to the good school. I went to, got the good job. I got the, you know, and, and things that happened to me in my life, I just, I was sweeping under the rug until I realized that like I had become a shell of myself. And, um, for me, you know, my own journey has been one of, I I look at my children and I'm like, I don't want you to repeat the same, I don't call them mistakes necessarily because they've learned so much for them, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to repeat the same patterns. Right. And, um, so there's just so much I, I resonate with that. So thank you for sharing. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm curious in that pattern of, of behavior. So like the other thing that was coming up for me when you were talking was for me, and this might be because I've spent the last 13 and a half years in sales, but like, I think, and this is, this is something that like came up when you were sharing your truth, but to me, there's a level of curiosity, Mm -hmm. right? Like being curious, like not necessarily taking something at face value, but trying to like understand the behavior. That's why I actually love taking off the title, right? Like, oh, let's like, let's dive into the behavior. Like, why is that person acting that the way that they are? And I'm curious, like for me, when I'm in those conversations and I'm, you know, trying to be curious, you know, there's, there's lots of different reactions. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm curious, you know, does like the curiosity piece resonate with you? And if so, what has some of your experiences been when you're, when you're trying to sort of understand where someone's coming from? Yeah. So the, the curiosity part is, is deep because I, I love to ask questions. I'm someone who thrives on deep conversations. I don't, I can't do superficial talk. I don't talk to me about the weather. Like I can't, (laughs) I can't do it. (laughs) I cannot. (laughs) So I love deep conversations and sometimes I will meet people and we end up having like the most deep conversations because I just start to ask questions. And sometimes 
I met, I met someone, well, we met a couple years ago, but we've just become closer friends recently. And he's like, I've never been asked any of the questions that you're asking me. Like, I've never had to think about them before. And it's like, well, these are the types of conversations that I like to have. Like, I'm, I'm interested in getting to know who you are, but how you became that way. Yes. You know, we see people every day, you know, what, what people look like and how they walk and how they talk. But there is so much more to that person. Every single person that you meet, you're not just meeting that one person. You're meeting that person and all of their traumas and experiences and fears and doubts and all of that packed into one. So a conversation that you may have with that person, if they've had some, you know, deeper rooted issues that they've never addressed, you like, I've had conversations with people and they're like, wow, this was like a therapy session for me. We ended, you know, an hour long conversation in tears because we've unpacked things that they've never talked about before. So I like to ask deep questions. It does come from curiosity, but I'm really, I guess, I'm really interested in how the brain works. And I think when I came to that place of learning to understand myself, that helped me to understand other people more as well. But it's like, when you dig even deeper, like, yeah, I want to understand, you know, why I experience the things that I experience and how I can do different and all those things. But not every single one of us is exactly the same. So yes, you know, I could say I'm an introvert and, you know, introverts have similar qualities, but if you were an introvert, there may be things about you that I could learn through you sharing that I may actually even learn about myself. So I just love, you know, asking questions and getting to know the commonalities and the differences. There's just so much we can learn just by asking questions. I think that I always say that our superpowers as humans, or I believe our superpowers as humans is our ability to connect and our ability to have empathy. Mm -hmm. And to me, connection comes from, you know, I'm, I'm very similar. Maybe that's why we're podcast hosts, but like, (laughs) it's, it's been fascinating to me, like how just in, even in like a 30, 45 minute conversation with someone, you can get so deep, right. And and I, so we're, we're, we seem very similar in that way. And I think mm-hmm. that there's the connection comes from, from the ability to, to ask questions and really try to see and understand that person where they're at and mm-hmm. not put judgment, which is, is hard, very mm-hmm. hard um, in that. And I think that to me, that's where like authentic connection comes from. Mm-hmm. And I, I was literally just joking last night with a friend. I was like, I think I was like a therapist or something in a previous <laughs> life or like a psychologist or, or so I'm like, like human behavior fascinates me. Yeah. And so does my own. And so I think that it's so true. I just want to call it, like, pull out what you said around when you're in a conversation with somebody and they're sharing their, their story, their experience, like that is uniquely their own. And, and two people can be in the same situation Mm -hmm. and experience the same thing, but have, you know, to your earlier point, like two different truths about it based on how they're perceiving it. And Mm -hmm. which I just find generally fascinating, but where I'm going with all of this is, I just think that there's such a gift in being able to see a fragment of your own story and somebody else's. Mm-hmm. And because I spent the better part of, you know, 35 plus years of my life 
hiding from my own emotions, not willing to share my story to myself. Cause I believe it starts with sharing with yourself first. Absolutely. It, it is just such a gift when, when others are able and willing to, to share their story. So, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, when you were saying that, it reminded me of a conversation that I had with um, a friend, uh, I'm going to say a few months ago. I mean, we've known each other since we were in the eighth grade and we've always been good friends. And when the pandemic hit, we started doing outdoor walks together just to, you know, be outside. And that was when I was like, I'm going to say in the height of digging into understanding how the brain works and, you know, narcissistic personality and people who lack empathy and all those things. And we were walking and talking one day and I asked him a question and he said, he's like, I don't know if I want to answer that. And I said, why not? And he said, because I feel like you're analyzing me. (laughs) I'm like, I'm "I'm sorry. I don't mean to make you feel that way. He's like, well, you know, because you're so fascinated by this stuff and you, you ask so many questions, I feel like I'm being analyzed, like I'm under a microscope. And I'm like, it's not that I'm, intentionally analyzing you, but I am so fascinated on, you know, how the brain works and how people process and how they function. And because I've been doing so much work on myself and trying to understand how I function, you know, asking you these questions just, you know, shows me the similarities and the differences. And he, he, I guess he isn't used to having such, you know, deep conversation. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't realize how, it can make some people uncomfortable because they don't want to look at themselves. They don't want to have those conversations with themselves. They don't want to be truthful with themselves. And um, I don't remember the exact words, but I remember I put a post on Instagram. I believe it was this week or last week asking about, you know, if like, if we were actually truthful with ourselves and the people around us, would our relationships be the same? If we were honest with ourselves first and the people that we are connected to, would those relationships be the same? Because oftentimes there are a lot of people that will, they they haven't owned their own truth. So they're not honest with how they feel. And then when they're connecting with people, it's not a true connection because they don't want to upset the other person or, you know, do anything their, their focus is on the other person, but they're not taking their own feelings into consideration and they haven't taken the time to understand their true self or true feelings to build a deeper connection with that other person. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm like shaking my head. <laughs> it's reminded me of, of a conversation I actually had with my my husband when we when we started couples therapy about a year ago, but, you know, she was recommending that we, we have like deeper conversations and he was like, that makes me really uncomfortable. (laughs) And, you know, we had to, we had to work through that. Right. We had, and, and that was like what I was craving and, you know, we, we were able to, to work through. And I think, you know, for, for us, it's, we've like set a certain day aside that we're like, okay, this is like a deeper conversation. Right. So like he has time to mentally prepare, but you're right. Like I think, and again, I I put myself in, in, in that, like I went through a good chunk of my life doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. 
And so I, I can never judge somebody for, for not looking inwards because I didn't for so long. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, it's funny, a friend who I grew up with was asking, she's like, how did you get on this path? And I was like, honestly, I don't know. But there was a moment that, you know, Greg just asked me, my husband just asked me, like, are you happy? And I just, for some reason, blurted out no for the first time, like ever in my life. And, and that sort of started, started me on the path. And I think that for everybody that that moment can look different. It can be big moments in people's lives. It can be, you know, really small, innocuous, innocuous, innocuous. And I'm really like, I'm <laughs> messing up the English language. It's a good thing that I do not speak any other language, but English which is not going to make sense to anybody who did not hear our conversation before we hit record. But um, it's just, it's, it's very interesting to me, the level of what's the right word when people are willing and able to, to look in. And I love how you pose that question around, around relationships, because I think it's the relationship with self and then how that then impacts relationships with others. Absolutely. I had to do some some digging um, into some research because I was battling with an autoimmune disorder. And the more that I started to understand the autoimmune disorder, the more that I realized that it was basically like anxiety and stress attacking my body, right? Doc- it's the doctors, you know, I complain about the pain and they do tests and they say, well, you look perfectly healthy on paper. But um, I said this on a podcast this morning where, you know, our, our brains process physical pain and emotional pain the same, like it, it feels the same. And if I look at the traumatic and like the, the, the narc abuse that I experienced in past relationships, it was affecting my health. And when I was doing some research, I uncovered that like an honest brain is relaxed and a dishonest brain is frantic. And when we tell the truth, it's actually good for our health, right? So if you think about, even if you were to tell yourself a lie, how that feels, right? You know, if you're someone who is, you know, if you're an empath and you're used to being kind and telling the truth, the second you have to lie, you feel it in the pit of your stomach, like your whole body tenses up, you know, you feel that. So when it comes to ourselves and our relationships with other people, it's like honesty isn't just good for the relationship. It's good for you. It's good for your health. It's good for your mental health, your physical health. I think sometimes we're afraid to be honest because we're afraid of the outcome, not realizing that we're probably doing more damage by being dishonest with ourselves and others. It's like, I'm, I'm trying to remember the, um, the exact um, information, but it's like, you know, when you lie, it activates something within your brain and it initiates that fight or flight response, right? It, it triggers that. that and when I was struggling with the fibromyalgia and, you know, my, my, body being in pain and everything that I was dealing with, that was my body in constant fight or flight mode. But because of the childhood traumas and the way that my brain was programmed to deal with those things, it was a defense mechanism then, but over time it was killing me. So now I am 
as much as I possibly can honest with myself and others. And I can tell you because of that, I used to be someone that would have six out of seven days a week of like fibromyalgia flare-ups. I'm in bed, couldn't function, lethargic, like fatigued. And this past, I'm going to say the past year and a half, I only recall having one flare-up. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So the truth is good for your health. (laughs) (laughs) The truth will set you free. (laughs) Well, Makini, I could honestly talk to you forever, but I want to be respectful of your time. So I've loved this conversation and, you know, I just, I want to leave with, with this last question of, I know you, you always talk about, you know, resilience is your superpower. And so mm-hmm. as I was listening to some of your podcast episodes, I'm, I'm curious, I, like you can all Google or look up like, you know, the definition of resilience, but I'm curious for you, what does resilience mean? Well, I don't know. I, I feel like I've just recently come to the realization that I am resilient, which is where the resilience is my superpower came from. I mean, you know, we know resilience is the ability to get back up when you're knocked down, but I feel like resilience for me has been, hmm, it's almost like I have so many words going through my my head right now. And I'm like, <laughs> I have been able to get back up from so many adversities and because I was programmed to just keep it moving and not process my feelings, you know, I was, I was known as the, the comeback queen, you know, but now that I've owned my truth and I'm actually processing my past experiences and what I've actually felt, the reason why I say resilience is my superpower is because most people probably would have not survived a lot of the things that I've experienced and not only have I gotten back up from it, but I am using the lessons to help other people work through their pitfalls so that they can get back up from whatever it is that they're dealing with. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Well, McKinney, how can people continue to follow you on your journey? Well, they can visit my website at walkinmystilettos.com. And I play most on Instagram. So my personal page is The Real McKinney Smith. And my other page is A Walk in My Stilettos. And you can find me on all the other platforms. So you can just Google McKinney Smith or Walk in My Stilettos. You can find my books on all major bookstores online. And my podcast, A Walk in My Stilettos. It's all under the same name. Easy to find. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for this conversation. I've really appreciated it. Thank you so much. I needed it. Thank you. Same. To all you legacy leavers out there, until next time, subscribe on all platforms. Don't forget to rate the show and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. And thanks to those of you that have already done so for getting the show to rank globally in the top 1.5% of most popular shows worldwide. That's out of over 2.5 million shows. If you can think of one person that would receive value from today's show, please share it with that friend that needs to hear this episode. Feel free to screenshot this episode and you can tag us on Instagram. You can tag myself at the real McKinney Smith and you can tag Jesse at this is my truth podcast. Continue to walk in your greatness in a manner worthy of your calling. <laughs>